Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. It's Mock Draft Friday on the podcast. That feels like a pretty good way to name it these days. We got another one to go over today. It was promised. And damn it, we shall deliver, said Mock Draft. This one is uh, more like the previous ones, meaning I believe last Friday, last Thursday, last Thursday, uh, I put out a clarion call on Twitter and got a bunch of you guys to join a nine cat roto mock. This time I just jumped into a random nine cat roto mock on the Yahoo mock draft engine because There are, and I've talked about this before, and I think this is actually going to be the first big point of the podcast, is what do we learn from mock drafts at all? And then also I want to go over some of the results because we're continuing to see names shift on the Yahoo pre-rank board, which does continue to steer the way that people are drafting. Those are the two topics for today's podcast. I still haven't fully decided what order we're doing them in. But regardless, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Sports Ethos presentation continues to be our most listened to offseason in the history of this podcast. I remain outrageously grateful to you all. This will be, I think, the biggest week of the offseason. Yeah, I think so. I can tell that you guys are starting to inch your way back into fantasy, and it happens uh, around around September pretty much every year, but the fact that it just didn't dip as much this season is kind of amazing. So thank you all once again for listening. I'm Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. That's easy enough, isn't it? If you could spell my last name, if anybody could. B-E-S-B-R-I-S. That's how you do it. If you understood what letters I was saying, if you're not, like, driving with your windows open, Then uh, drop me a follow. We're going to be doing a lot on social media this year. So that's why I give that Twitter handle out a lot, a lot, a lot. The podcast comes once a day. Twitter, I can send out thoughts as many times a day as I like, which during the season is arguably too many times. Uh, I will tell you guys a bit more about the Brewski 150, about the draft guide, about some of our different subscriptions at Sports Ethos. I'll save those for the middle of the show. So again, today, the two topics on the podcast are going to be the relevance of mock drafts, meaning what are they even for other than, you know, personal practice in drafting in any given year. And then also, what did we learn from today's mock draft? Because I did this this morning, Friday morning. Just hopped into one, wanted to see what kind of shook loose from the tree. And uh, we got some more information. Names are moving a little bit. There were a couple of odd ones. I think a couple of teams auto-drafted in this one. So you kind of just grain of salt a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't everybody, and I think we can pretty much almost immediately pick out which teams are doing it, which teams are auto-drafting. On the whole, these public mock drafts, the ones that you just sort of drop into out of the sky, parachute and all, are, I guess it's right there in the name, they're more public, meaning you're going to see these drafts lean even harder into the ADP data we already have meaning they're going to follow the Yahoo X-Rank board more closely than when you get into a draft with your more competitive league. And I think, I don't know this to be a fact, but I'm guessing that if you're listening to a fantasy podcast like this one daily, you're in a slightly more competitive league than 
a lot of the people that were probably in these mock drafts, but it's a cross-section. There's a swath here. Everybody knows the people in their league that pay really close attention. Everybody knows that there are a couple of teams in their league that don't pay quite as close attention. And this is even in competitive ones because there's sort of grades to that competitiveness level. Every once in a while, one of the teams in your league that's not super into it just has like kind of lucks into a really good draft and they get second place or something and then they feel better. And so they'll just kind of keep doing it that same way for a while. Teams that are not paying close attention and then, you know, they get their butts kicked two, three, four years in a row. Eventually, they just drop out of the league. And so I think on the whole, leagues probably tend to get a little bit more competitive over time. But again, the reason for this, and I, I keep, again, I'm sort of bouncing back and forth between with which road, two roads, or road diverged, or whatever that is, a yellow wood. Was that Robert Frost? Nah, I'm probably getting my poetry wrong. Um... So here's the thing. The reason I drop into a public mock like this one is because you want to know what the slightly less competitive, but still look, they're competitive enough to be doing a mock draft on September 16th. So these are not the, you know, eyes closed, just bonking into walls. You need to put guardrails up to get them through an actual fantasy draft kind of people. Those you don't even find those folks in mock drafts. And they're probably in some of your leagues. And they're definitely in the Yahoo... What do they call them now? They don't call them pro leagues anymore. I think they call them the Yahoo cash leagues now, which made more sense right from the outset because it's not... They're not professionals in there. You're going to get folks that are even less competitive than the people in these mock drafts, which is why having a couple of teams that are auto-drafting isn't actually that different than dropping into a Yahoo Pro League. So this is the type of draft that's really important for, one, getting the lay of the land on where guys are going in general right now. And there will be more shifts on the board, and we'll have to do this again. But this is really relevant. First, if you're having a draft coming up really soon, you want to be doing a lot of this stuff. And second, I I still believe it's important to know how players end up where they go. Again, if you're just dropping in out of the sky at the last second, you come in with so much less ammunition than knowing, like a guy like John Morant, we know he's falling right now. You might drop in out of the sky and see him get drafted in the middle of the second round, but you know that if your draft is in two weeks, he's going to go later than that. We already know. Even if his ADP data doesn't move far enough between now and then. We know these things. I believe firmly, and I've actually said this on previous iterations of the offseason. Like we did a, it's not, I don't do a whole show on this because I don't think it's a, a full show topic, but it does tie in nicely to, to breaking down the mock draft that we did today. I think you need to do to prepare yourself for your draft. If you're in a competitive league where there's a decent amount of money on the line, I think you need to do multiple mock drafts, but not a hundred. Friend of the show, Adrian Benjamins. I don't know if you guys remember Adrian. He and uh, Neil Rochelani used to host one or two off-season episodes a week for me back when I wasn't trying to do this kind of dumb Iron Man streak that I'm on now. Adrian used to do 50 to 100 mock drafts getting ready for the season. And we laughed about it because he'd run into other people from, at the time, it was Hoopball and other sites because he was just like, he was in all of them. And I joked him. And I, I kind of poked and prodded a little bit. I hope he's still... I hope he's doing well. I haven't talked to Adrian in a little bit. I got to 
should probably reach out. Uh, I used to kind of prod him a little bit and say, what are you possibly learning from doing 75 mock drafts? At a certain point, it's just, it's just a pile of data. It's no longer sortable. You do 5, 10 mock drafts in a row, what, what the hell are we even doing here? At that point, you're really just practicing at every draft slot, which, I don't know, if you're in two, three, four leagues, you're not going to be in every draft slot. Which, again, by the way, make sure your commissioner gets you your your draft position 24 hours in advance. Because then you can do a couple of mocks from whatever that spot happens to be. Easy enough. Point A to point B. We got there. But in overall preparational terms, in, in this overall, this, this wide body idea, you want to do at least one mock draft that's with the public, which is like what this one is. Giving you an idea of where the slightly less competitive players are drafting the names, say, on your list. You probably have a few guys you're watching a little extra tight to see where they go. I think you also want to do a mock draft with, maybe you don't have to do one, but you certainly need to read one from the website where most of the people in your league are getting their information. If you're in a league where a lot of people use Sports Ethos, do a mock draft or watch a mock draft or whatever it is of Sports Ethos people or other people that follow Ethos. Like the Roto mock we did last week here on the podcast. That was all people that follow me on Twitter, so presumably they follow some of the things I say. And we've got mocks in our draft guide as well. I think you also want to see a mock draft that has analysts from a bunch of different websites in it. Because from that information, you can get an idea of what each of those websites has on their radar. Meaning, and look, we do this with the different analysts that come on the podcast every year. They give a sleeper, which I think is very nice of them because they don't have to do it, to our listeners here on Fantasy NBA Today. But it also gives us more information than just that one name. That tells us that someone who's reading the website where that analyst works is also going to be looking at that sleeper. I'll use Desmond Bain last season because he's a wonderful example of a huge win. Ryan Knauss from over at NBC Sports Edge, continues to be one of the smartest people I've talked to in this industry, gave us Desmond Bain when he came on the show and did a hit last year. We not only learned from that that Bain was an interesting late-round grab, but also that folks, if they're in your league that rely on the artist formerly known as Roto World, will also probably be looking at Bain in the later rounds, and you're probably going to have to push it a little earlier because of it. Now, if you were in a website with Sports Ethos people, you probably could maybe not worry quite as much about Desmond Bain. We weren't that high on him last year. But we were extraordinarily high on Tyrese Halliburton, who wasn't going as late. It's a different kind of player. I get it. Halliburton was going between 50 and 60. But if you were in a league with a ton of sports ethos people, you knew you had to take him in the 40s. So it's those little things where understanding what a website favors and who in your league, what are they reading? What are they, how, where do they get their information? If you're in a league with a bunch of new people, you simply can't have that information. But if you're in a league with the same 11 teams year after year after year, you should be noting who they drafted. 
you should take the draft results from your league and just cut and paste that sucker into a Word document because you ain't going to be able to remember it, not with life going on in your brain. You'll want to go back, refer to it. Okay, did Team Delta, whatever the... I don't know. They don't need a, they don't need a name. Did that team take two, three years running the Basketball Monster Sleeper? Did that team take the Ethos Sleeper? You'll know. Maybe not after one draft, but after a couple, if you're in a long-time league, if you've been tracking, and hell, I don't know that you even need to look at the first three or four rounds, but it's useful as well. If you save the full draft data from your league every year for three, four, five years in a row, you can look back and say, oh, look at who took this and that. And then look at the different websites out there and say, who are these different sites higher on than other sites? We all, every website has the guys or the guy, the guys, whatever it happens to be that they're sort of hanging their hat on on any given year. Win or lose. You'll have some wins, you'll have some losses, but you can tell who was listening to and who was reading what based on what guys were doing. If you had someone in your league that went like Al Horford in the sixth round, you knew damn well they were listening to our podcast. There ain't nobody else talking about Horford last year. That was very much an old man special. I was told repeatedly that he wouldn't even be starting for this season. I said, I don't think so. I got a lot of stuff wrong. I don't look. This is not like the moment for me to come out here and talk about how smart we were with Al Horford. I'm just saying, if you go back and you look at what the teams in your league were doing. Who have they been drafting? Did they take Chris Paul in the third round for two years in a row? You know what they're listening to. Have they been going Luka early? You know what they're listening to. This is not a slight or a pump-up for any analyst in the industry. If it came off that way, it was not my intention. I'm just using recency examples from recent years that can illustrate this idea of understanding if you know the moves the chess moves your opponent is going to make before they make them man you can game plan for your draft really well and so that's why i think there's this sort of amalgam there's this this uh melt it's a cauldron of ingredients that go into your mock draft preparation yes you should mock from your specific draft slot just to kind of get it a feel for what guys are typically available where you'll be drafting in each round But also, you should be looking at results as close, by the way, to your draft day as possible from industry drafts, meaning a cross-section, a group from across the NBA landscape, a mock or a real one, whatever it happens to be, the results of that. You should be looking at a draft from the website that you frequent often so you get an idea of what that might look like. And you should get an idea of a a public mock draft. And you have to put that information together in your brain on paper to get an idea for what everybody else is doing and who will likely fall into your lap at each slot along the way. As I mentioned, there will be mock drafts and their results in our draft guide as well. Some of those will be ethos internal ones. We'll have some Twitter ones. We'll have some other good stuff. Um... That's a great way to see it all kind of written out. I know it's sometimes kind of hard to remember what I'm saying about all this stuff on the pod as we zip through 50, 60, 70 names or whatever it is in 20 minutes. 
Um, so certainly do check that out. I also wanted to mention, by the way, that the Brewski 150, the seminal NBA ranking list, and I think the first, I believe it was the first person to, to catalog it like that on the basketball side, that will be coming out in less than two weeks for Ethos 360 subscribers. If you want the B-150 10 days earlier than anybody else, that's the way to get it. Ethos 360 is available at sportsethos.com. All of our subscriptions this time of year, uh, with the exception of the wager pass, actually, I think DFS is month-to-month as well. Betting and DFS, they're month-to-month right now. Anything that has the draft guide or any or the full-season draft analysis in it, you can get a la carte. You can get the draft guide a la carte. You can get the B-150 a la carte. Uh, or you can get the Fantasy Pass, which is a six-month deal. Ethos 360 is also a six-month deal. And the Sports Ethos 360 has DFS wagering and full-season fantasy in it, as well as the earliest, as I mentioned before, earliest by 10 full days, access to the B-150. That, again, coming less than two weeks from right now. If you can wait the extra 10 days, the Fantasy Pass is absolutely the way to go. That has your all of the draft guide stuff in it, as well as all in-season NBA fantasy content. It is the best deal on the website. But again, only if you can wait that extra 10 days. If you can't, by the way, uh, and you're like, ah, oh, man, I, I, the Ethos 360, that's a little bit, it's more money. Yeah, it is a little bit more money. But guess what? You can win it back in our wagering division because those guys have been unreal lately. I think Doug Reed is like 21-4 and four in the month of September. You just pay for your whole damn year of Ethos 360. And then some. I don't know how much you're putting on these things. Let's go to sportsethos.com. There's a giant get premium ad over on the right side. We literally made it as ugly as humanly possible so you wouldn't be able to miss it. The font is big and blocky and goofy. The color scheme is dumb. I designed it personally. That's how come I can call it all of these mean names. It is, again, designed to make sure that you don't miss the button to just go get a premium pass at sportsethos.com or follow me on Twitter at Dan Vespers because I'll be tweeting about it relentlessly between now and NBA opening night. Also, by the way, excited to announce that we will have uh, renewed partnerships with manscaped.com and expressvpn.com this coming season. So they're both back in. Cool beans. I don't have to tell you about them yet. They don't have their deals listed just yet, but that's coming up, so that's cool. Let's dive into the mock draft now, the actual results, uh, and we'll lightning round it a little bit until we get to something that's worth mentioning. Um, first round, no massive surprises early. Uh, the only surprise is that James Harden went in at eight in this one. He just keeps going higher and higher, and it seems like finally maybe he's will rebound back down the board just a tiny bit. Um, LaMelo went in front of Cat and Tatum was a guy who fell to 11. I don't know, some couple teams that just didn't want Jason Tatum. I don't know why. Uh, LeBron and Dame went on the turn. Kyrie Irving, who's been busy tweeting about Alex Jones. I kind of hope his ADP falls. I feel like I don't... That whole thing... Oh, that's so gross. I don't know that I can advocate drafting Kyrie Irving, despite his per-game upside right now. I'm hoping there's a Kyrie apology coming, but I'm... Not optimistic that it will. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton went at 16 here, so he does continue to creep earlier and earlier. John Morant at 20, uh, 20, excuse me, on the nose. So he hasn't quite fallen out of the second round yet. Vooch at 21. That was very surprising because he probably would have been on the board coming back in the third round 
If there was anyone else that this team wanted, they didn't have to do Vooch at that point. Darius Garland went at 22, Donovan Mitchell at 23. Uh, Again, once the X rank on those guys gets adjusted, expect them to fall precipitously. Their projections on Yahoo, we talked about it yesterday. They've got them, or the day before, one of those two days, um, more towards the end of the third. And I think you'll probably see the X rank get adjusted back down in that neck of the woods. Pascal Siakam went at 24. That was pretty damn early for him, earlier than I'd like. And, uh, excuse me, Bradley Beal at 25. Cade Cunningham at 26. This only served to create a very juicy rest of the third round where, um, for some reason, DeMar DeRozan went in front of a bunch of these other guys as well. But then Demonis Sabonis uh, went at 28. Gobert at 29. Adebayo at 30. Anthony Edwards at 31. He's been going in the second round in most drafts I've seen. Kawhi, 32. Christoph Porzingis at 33. That was a weird one. Freddie Van Vliet, 34, Butler, 35, and Chris Paul, 36, with Time Lord at 37. Wow. That is some unreal value at the end of the third round. And I am I'm doubtful that if I ran another Roto Mock, that maybe more than two of those guys end up back where they landed here. This feels anomalous, but we'll keep an eye on it. Fourth round, um... No colossal surprises pretty much throughout the fourth round. Uh, Honest to goodness, there wasn't even one name that jumped off the page here. I'll I'll list them off just for your own enjoyment, edification, whatever. But after Time Lord, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Zach Levine, maybe a little early on Zach, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Chris Middleton, Miles Turner, Zion, DeAndre Ayton, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, and uh, Scotty Barnes. So, very predictable fourth round in this draft. Fifth round had Josh Giddy come off at 49. No thank you. Jonas Valanciunas, Darren Fox, CJ McCollum. This is where these guys are generally going. Julius Randle went mid-fifth. That was a little bit unusual. Desmond Bain, OG Ananobi, Terry Rozier, Brandon Ingram, Christian Wood, John Collins, Mikael Bridges. No real surprises in round five either. So, after a screwy, screwy late, second round and up through the middle of the third where everybody was just like the hell with it uh then you started seeing folks just pretty much go off generally in the order that they're listed on the uh, yahoo x rank page round six Keldon johnson was first off the board so he's now going in the 60s i think you probably have to take him early sixth if you want him late fifth early sixth i don't think he's fallen Seems like he'll be gone by the end of the sixth round in almost every draft, and I'm okay with that. I, I like This is a guy that I think could actually go pretty high this year. Yusuf Nurkic, Paolo Bancaro, Jalen Green, Alperin Sengun, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, that's pretty early for him to go uh, at 68. Harris, Maxi, Wagner, Pirtle. Yeah, rest of the sixth round was pretty normal. Seventh round, um... I think you're starting to see perhaps some teams, I think we had a couple teams leave the draft, so now we got a couple extra autos mixed in here. Um, No surprises in the seventh, that went Brunson, Jamal Murray, Porter Jr., so the Denver injured contingent went back-to-back. Westbrook going in the seventh, like that tells you everything you need to know, nine-cat roto mock. Someone left the draft. Healed, Clay Thompson, Wendell Carter Jr., Clint Capella, Devin Vassell in the seventh, um... You know, he went earlier in a draft that I was watching the other day 
but this is around 80. Yeah, I guess I'm okay with that. I'd like to get into an industry mock, and I'd like to get into a couple more uh, competitive ones to see where a guy like Vassell goes, because we were just talking about him yesterday. He's the guy that Yahoo's projection engine has as maybe their biggest winner of the year. Draymond Green, Jeremy Grant, Mitchell Robinson finished off the seventh round. So not a ton in the way of surprises there, but a couple. Chugging along here as we cruise through another round. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, at the beginning of round eight, his X-Rank continues to rise. That's one to keep a very close watch on because I've seen some drafts where he gets completely passed over and then other ones where he goes close to where he's at. And uh, the Yahoo Projection Engine actually doesn't have him ranked as high, believe it or not, as their X-Rank. So I don't know if that will be reflected in a, in a future adjustment, but... Again, that's one to keep watch on. Evita Zubats, the Sadiq Bay, Colin Sexton here. He's going to be someone that sneaks into drafts at the moment, but expect Sexton and Markinen to both take a jump forward in the next X rank readjustment. Marcus Smart, Herb Jones, Andrew Wiggins, Kyle Kuzma, Keegan Murray, Mobamba, Anyako Kongwu, Ben Simmons, the rest of round eight. Um, you know, again, like some of the auto-draft stuff creeps in. So in this one, you guys have heard me talk about it before. I think by the end of the ninth round, there's like, you're in total crapshoot territory. We probably got that extended by about half to two-thirds of a round just because of weird auto-drafts in this type of public draft. So in a public mock, you probably have more like, I don't know, let's see, ninth round is 108 picks deep. Competitive draft by the end of the eighth round at 96, things get pretty dry. Standard draft competition level, you're probably talking about middle of the ninth round, things dry up, and then in the in this less competitive mock, it dried up by kind of the, the middle, early middle of round 10. So you did get a little bit more. You got like 112, 115 picks deep, um, and that's something you can budget, actually, as you're grading out your own leagues you're dropping into, where you expect things to get clunky and you can kind of work backwards from that to figure out when you should be taking the guys down at the bottom of the board that you're worried oh well this will this guy make it back to me the answer is who the hell knows you got to just go grab him round nine was gary trent miles bridges jalen smith lonzo bobby portis jaron jackson jr pj washington kevin porter jr jabari smith jr four juniors in this round uh kyle lowry brandon clark and al horford Lowry, Clark, and Horford slipping perhaps a tiny bit farther. Well, not Lowry so much. He's Everybody's pretty soured on him, and he actually wasn't that terrible last year. He wasn't on any of my lists last season because I thought he was still going a little bit too early, and he was, but there's been a little bit of an over-adjustment. Lowry Markin went in the 10th round. That won't happen in a week. Uh, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Gordon Hayward... R.J. Barrett, Rob Covington, Harrison Barnes. So you still had a handful of decent names here in the 10th. Isaiah Stewart, meh. Nicholas Claxton, Hartenstein, Jaden Ivey, Markel Fultz. So, like, again, in a, in a much less competitive draft. And even if you look at the 11th round, Brooke Lopez still went in the 11th. Monte Morris, who's not super interesting, but lightly interesting. Trey Jones, Dorian Finney-Smith, Jonathan Isaac. These are names that won't be there in your 11th round if you're in a more competitive league. By the 12th round, now you're talking some straight garbage here. So even in a very lightly competitive mock draft, 
there ain't anybody left. Uh, Bones and Mike Conley are, I would argue, maybe the most interesting guys to go off the board in the in the 12th round. And then in the 13th, I don't know that anybody interesting came off the board. DeAnthony Melton would be honorable mention there, I guess. Chris Duarte in Indiana is kind of an honorable mention, depending on who they move. You know, he's a guy that could slide into a bunch of stuff, but isn't really there yet. Kevin Love. It's possible, you know, they traded away a big man, brought in a little dude. He played enough to have some fantasy value for stretches last year. Might need Allen or Mobley to get hurt to really lock it in, but I think he's excited. Last year he played kind of excited for a while too. Focused Kevin Love could actually still do some fantasy stuff. The question is, is there any usage? Because a lot of what was good for him was that he'd come in, take four three-pointers in 18 minutes, grab eight rebounds somehow, and you're like, oh, well, we just sort of doinked our way into a fantasy line on the ultra-high-usage bench gunner role. But if they're splitting up Garland and Donovan Mitchell at all, that probably saps whatever Love was able to do kind of freedom-wise in the second unit. So that's your very public mock draft results, which, you know, whatever, like it does parallel the X ranks. It did parallel what we've been talking about, other than a weird little stretch early. And that's something to keep in mind. All of this data... You file away in the Rolodex, and we come back to it later as we're checking things out. Uh, I'm going to try to get the industry mock going here, so you'll start to hear a little bit more about that coming up. We will on Monday, of course, check back in on ADP stuff. We'll check back in to see if Yahoo does any of their player readjusting. It does feel like it's coming, doesn't it? How much longer that we can look at a board that has uh, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland in the second round, but or Sexton and Markin and way the hell off the board. It, it's coming here. I don't know exactly when that's going to happen. When it does, we will absolutely break that down. Uh, and any news that comes out, because we got media day. I think the first media day is a week from today, because the Hawks going abroad for some preseason games, something weird like that. So Atlanta has the first media day, and then the following week, then everybody else has them. So we're really coming down the chute now, friends. We'll probably do a mailbag in there as well. I think uh, we're getting close enough to the season where you guys are going to have some good questions that are a little bit more broad-strokey, but I'll be doing that via Twitter. So if you want to get your question in on a podcast mailbag, that's the way to do it. At Dan Bespris on Twitter. Again, go check out sportsethos.com. Get a draft guide. Or if you want the B-150, B-150 gets a draft guide actually 15 days. Sorry, the B-150 goes into Sports Ethos 360 15 days before the draft guide has access to it. So that's the place to get it first. Draft Guide will have it before the season starts. Don't worry, but it's much closer. And then I keep saying it, the Fantasy Pass. That's the way to go, I think. Also, if you'd like to get in our listener leagues, this would be a good time to do it because I think those drafts are going to start in... Those are slow drafts. I think they start in two or three weeks, something like that. I haven't really talked about them all that much, but I probably should. Listener leagues, listener leagues, listener leagues. There you go. I said it four times, three, and then there was the one earlier. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'll put you in touch with Andre. He can get you slotted in. We got Roto head-to-head, cash and free. Play against some of the best of the best. Those are fun. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be right back around with you on Monday. Again, thank you so much for listening to all these damn shows throughout the offseason. Y'all are the best. Talk to you soon.